Welcome, lovely listeners, boys and girls and others across the world, to another wonderful episode of Marvelous or the Death of Cinema. And we're here to ask you, who watches The Watchmen? Kid custodian Ipsos Custodius. In order to avoid watching Batman versus Superman as long as possible. Yes. Hi, guys. It's it's your friends. It's me. It's Nicole. Hi. It's Discourse. Hi, we're talking about another comic book movie. We watch Watchmen. Da, 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 da. Um, and and I rudely interrupted Stu. Discourse Stu, aka Tyrell James, uh, noted internet intellectual influencer, thought leader. Noted uh, Rorschach Abby Haver. I feel like you've had a Rorschach. I have Abby. never had a Rorschach Abby. You're, really? You're thinking Why of my. I- you're thinking of my uh, Umineko Abby, probably, which is in black and. Okay, black. maybe. Okay, because I, I was joking, like, I wrote in my notes, like, which is, like, kind of, like, it's in the, it's in the comics, but some of Rorschach's, like, diary just sounds like, like, 4chan green text. Rorschach's journal, October 12th, 1985. This city's afraid of me. All the vermin will drown. And all the whores, all those liberals, and intellectuals, and smooth talkers. Screams like for children in the night. I mean, that's that's the kind of guy that would be like. But that's the guy he is. Who who reads Watchmen and just thinks Rorschach is cool and he's the cool guy. Is, Not is the, the guy right wing crank? Yeah, ginger, <laughs> mentally ill. Uh, but we're now, if you're going to be a mentally yeah. ginger, you've got to be a left wing crank. That's the key. Exactly. But exactly. like, um, he's a he's a parody of that type. Like that's the thing. Like like Rorschach is a compelling character. You know, he, he's got a certain like. But like a lot of his kind of noirish diatribe is supposed to be funny in the book. Like a lot of stuff in the book that people take totally at face value is not not like on the level of like a Starship Troopers. But like, there's meant to be an element of comedy to it. It's meant to be a little bit yeah, satirical. He, um, he like eats like sugar cubes randomly like there are like and this is something i okay i think we should have first like just establish um i up until like three four days ago really my only experience with like watchmen was i had seen the Zack snyder movie um my roommate freshman year of college she would actually like cosplay silk specter uh, we went to New York Comic Con together and she was just like always getting stopped for photographs because she was like such a great like like the Silk Spectre like based on the Snyder movie, which uh, you're going to have to listen to me talk about uh, the depiction of the Silk Spectre. She's she's in, not in this, wearing in she's not wearing silk in this movie. It's more latex. No, kinda. it's like latex because this is uh, Zack Snyder in 2007. And this is the height of like. Oh, is this 07? It's like, it was filmed in 07. It was so released it's in 09. before, but it's after Batman Begins. So it's before because because Rorschach in the, in the Jackie Earl Haley, and I, I I don't blame him for this. It was probably I'm guessing it was like a director thing or something. But he's totally doing like the Christopher Nolan Batman voice. Yeah, he sound. I don't. Well, I don't know. I didn't look into like how closely those two were in production with one another, or if there was any crossover, but. Um, why specifically, uh, I mean, other th- obviously we're talking about this movie. We're, we're going backwards in time. This is 2009. Uh, we're 
obviously doing this in order to procrastinate having to watch chronologically what is the next major superhero film which is batman versus superman dawn of uh uh abortion not the Uh, avengers (laughs) xxx parody um yes because i know that's gonna be terrible well, it's, um, that's going to be like a three hour plus movie. Zach, Zach Snyder um, to me, because we'll have to get into the Snyder cut thing have, and everything at some to, point. We have to, because I think this is the um, thing that established it, because um, there, there are three different cuts of this movie. Yeah, I, I watched the ultimate cut, which has the entire animated Black Freighter. Oh, I thought you watched the, oh, I thought you watched the director's cut. Oh, you watched the super long cut? The three and a half oh, hour no. one? Yeah. Oh shit, man! I okay. didn't. I didn't realize there was a difference between the <laughs> ultimate cut and the director's cut. The Blade Runner has that same I, bullshit. Can I? Um, can you know what? Can I? I I can describe what the difference is in my uh, kind of lackluster summary that I wrote. But oh, also we should. Uh, this is all coming to me at once because I just uh, looked at my browser page. We need to thank our patrons. Yeah, because yeah, we, we should before we launch into this, uh our our shout out to our producer and executive producer tier patrons. Uh yes, we're everyone give it up for my homegirl, it's Violet. Thank you, Violet, Vi- for supporting Violet, the show. Violet, I love you, you're my daughter. Um Violet has been OG since the beginning, so Violet, you are an official producer of the worst podcast on the internet. <laughs> oh come on, that, Just is, that is that is not fair. MK Ultra Money has a podcast. Uh, what is that guy's name? Uh, John James Jeff, not Jeff Healy. James Joshua Jenkins. Um, thank you, Joshua Jenkins. Joshua Jenkins. Yes, thank you so much. Then we got uh, our first ten dollar patron, executive producer. Ronnie Gardock. Okay, I looked this up. That's a character name. I don't think that's a that's that's not his real name. Well, I mean, fair enough for him. He doesn't want to. Oh yeah, fair enough. Uh, We don't we don't care. Who's the where's the character from? I just oh the shield. The shield. Oh, (laughs) I only watched a few episodes of that. Yeah, the fucking uh, Dennis Larry. FX show The Shield. That's not dead. No, Dennis Wait, no, Leary was the shield. Rescue Me. Oh, yeah, uh, no, that's this rescue. is Michael Chicklets and um All 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 FX shows is the same. Actually, um, some of those were some of the better ones. Uh, the Americans was a pretty good show. I need to finish the last season of it. And then and then we have Salt Bank, who is actually uh uh he's actually the contact I was telling you about, uh the comic book expert. So uh he's a Producer who probably will eventually be on a bonus. He's bought his way onto the show. Folks. Yeah, he's bought his way onto a sh- onto the show officially. Um, but yeah, for for right now, this is a classic uh, Nicole and Stu episode. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you about Watchmen, the movie, and Watchmen the comic, but not Watchmen the HBO limited series. So you watched Miguel, men. Okay- we we watched men. Uh okay, Miguel, cue up that My Chemical Romance Desolation Row cover. (laughs) 
Watchmen, not to be confused with the HBO limited series Watchmen, is Zack Snyder's big screen adaptation of Alan Moore's seminal comic book series Watchmen. Watchmen the comic, not to be confused with Watchmen the movie, or Watchmen the HBO limited series, is a deconstruction of the superhero genre set in an alternate post-war America where superheroes exist, drastically altering the outcome of the 20th century, but nonetheless bringing the Cold War to the precipice of mutual nuclear annihilation come 1985. Following the murder of Edward Blake, a former mass vigilante turned military contract killer known as the Comedian, his old crime-fighting teammate Rorschach, an objectivist Ginger Crank who speaks in 4chan green text, uncovers a particularly world-ending conspiracy that brings the surviving crimebuster teammates, Night Owl 2, Silk Spectre 2, Dr. Manhattan, and Ozymandias, into a complex moral quandary testing their values, assumptions, and convictions about superheroes. Long considered unfilmable due to its graphic content, dark themes, and the prominence of Dr. Manhattan's cock and balls, <laughs> Watchmen the movie is relatively faithful to Watchmen the comic. Still, the Watchmen movie was polarizing among fans of Watchmen the comic due to its condensed storyline and the ending being changed from Ozymandias teleporting a giant telepathic squid to kill three million New Yorkers for world peace, to Ozymandias coordinating several Acura atomic bombs in numerous international cities for world peace. Watchmen is also the Snyder film that helped establish what would become the DCU's visual language, meaning we get all of our favorite Snyderisms in a less headache-inducing form. Slow motion action, CGI objects being thrown at the camera in slow motion, lots of schlocky punching and kicking sound effects, a muddy color palette, and needle drops in place of nuanced storytelling and narrative wit. Watchmen, the Zack Snyder movie, is available in three versions. The two-hour and 42-minute theatrical cut, the three-hour and six-minute Snyder cut, and the three-hour and 35-minute ultimate cut for real Snyder sickos. I rewatched the theatrical cut while Stu watched the, the. I wrote the director's cut, but no, Stu watched the ultimate. I watched the cut ultimate cut. It was the be- ultimate. Because because we do the bare minimum prep for this podcast and didn't discuss which cut of the movie we should watch. I said I said we should watch the long one. I guess they're all the <laughs> long one. They're all fucking more than two and a half hours. But I mean, regardless of all these different cuts. Uh, regardless, all these different cuts have been disowned as Watchmen adaptations by Alan Moore because he's an anarchist forest wizard who believes a Watchmen movie misses the point of a Watchmen comic. And he's right, because in a world at the mercy of American Empire, superheroes would cease to be either super or heroic. And that's the bottom line. Stay tuned next episode for when Stu and I watch Zack Snyder's three-plus-hour director's cut of Batman vs. Superman and decide to finally end it all. Have you ever heard of R. Bud Dwyer? <laughs> yeah, no, for real. That is that's gonna be our like Bud Dwyer yeah. episode. <laughs> it's I'm not, I am really not. Like this is like I give this a oh okay, I originally gave this three and a half stars because like, you know, it's it's long and stuff, but it is like engaging and but i think that's more 
just because Watchmen itself, like the the source material, is so good. Yeah, then- it's not like, and yeah, this is this is this is an all right movie, and it's it's probably his Zack Snyder's most competent superhero movie that superhero I, movie. we've seen okay. thus far. Yeah, that we've seen um, thus far. So I was gonna say like like out of Dawn of the Dead, oh four, and uh, yeah. Uh, well, that was his debut. Yeah, and uh, 300 are probably better movies. I've seen 300 in a long time. Um, oh, that looks... Mm, I, I don't know. I mean, I, well, both. 300 is actually what got him this yeah, job. Yeah, because he's like, like oh, he's the comic book guy. Because, I mean, and here, here's the thing. Like, to the extent this movie does work, it's because he hews, not always, but a lot of time he's he's fanboyish about the surgery. It's obviously like he does love comics. And I he, think no, that, he clearly loves Watchmen. Like he used the actual comic itself as yeah. storyboards. But just in general, I think he's a comic book guy. I think he loves this stuff, and I think his love of it and his like genuine, like earnest, like a genuine earnest love of it bleeds through. And that's I think like the people that are like die, like ride or die Snyder heads. I think that's what they're responding to is that he loves the stuff and engages with it at the kind of the same level they do. Um. Yeah, no, I I see that, which is like, but yeah, he doesn't but. really understand Watchmen. No, <laughs> he no, doesn't, he doesn't. He, he doesn't get it. Um, and and this is where I'm going to have to talk a lot about the comics. I really love the comic. Um, yes, and I think Stu, like uh, Sue, I'm not an expert. Like, I'm not an expert on it. Like even things I really love, I'm not like like I've read it like four times. I think over my life, uh, Watchmen. So it's not like I like know every panel, like I'm going to forget stuff and get stuff wrong from memory already. You know, last time I read it was like four months ago, um, three or four months ago. I was stoned the whole time, so that's probably part of why. But um, but it's 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 a really um, like like Alan Moore is a pretty meticulous writer. Um, and he's really deliberate about structure, about these kind of mirrored motifs, like the the chapter in the middle of the book, Fearful Symmetry. That chapter itself is like the panel layouts and the coloring and the and 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 kind of the image composition are mirrored. Like you get to the center of that chapter yeah. and it kind of almost goes in reverse in a way. Um, yeah, the sense I get is he's a very like not, like not to undercut about the, um, the yeah. artist Dave Gibbons, awesome art. But like I've read oh, excerpts from so the good. scripts and he's like. He writes these like really detailed yeah. scripts, but then there's a lot of notes. Like if yeah. this works for you, you you riff on this. But like, yeah, but, like, like right down to like what's on like a character's desk or hanging on their wall. Like he describes it in meticulous detail. To yeah, and that's the thing with a, with a comic when you really take advantage of it as a medium is you can layer these incidents because because you can just sit on a, unlike a, a shot in a movie, you can just sit on a panel as long as you want to absorb all the detail. Yeah, and read the graffiti in the back on everything else. So you get all these little uh, homages, these little symbolic things and stuff that just kind of weave into the the larger whole. Um, and he's like- The he's, Easter eggs, I guess. Well, we the, can- Easter, not even Easter eggs because they're thematically relevant, right? And Or as illustrative of character. Like, but it's also like now that it's like the Marvel cinematic universification of, of that concept now is just- throwing in Easter eggs to be like, look, Captain America's shield. Yeah. Look, it's, it's Superman's, uh, uh, the underwear. <laughs> underwear. <laughs> yeah. He was, well, his that's why gel. he did. Uh, that's why he did like 10, nine 11s. Cause he was looking for his underwear. 
Yeah, but it's um, but like I was saying, like he's like he's like the, like this stuff's all very carefully thought out. And if you want to delve into it, like you can, like like it becomes it it, it, it kind of becomes as dense as you want it to be. But there's a lot there if you want to dig into it. And like, like yeah, he's like he's like like the forest wizard thing is an offhand joke. He's like into occult magic, uh, uh, Alistair uh, but Crowley also, like, stuff. Look at him. Like also, also yes, look at also, him. He looks the part. Um, <laughs> but like the whole thing, like so this whole thing with Doctor Manhattan in the book. Um, and I think that's actually one of the best sequences in the movie is his kind of I flash, agree. I agree. Flashback, flash around thing. Yeah, but it's that also like opening in, a, which... in a comic book. It's it's a meta thing because in a comic book you can flip back and forth between the panels. Time is laid out in this static form where it kind of has a structure that goes from point A to point B, but you can flip in between each point at will. It doesn't play out in real time like a movie does. So, so part of that Dr. Manhattan sort of um, uh, Slaughterhouse Five unstuck in time thing, that whole perceiving all of time in beginning to end all at once thing is is like a comic book commentary. But it's also like a thing Alan Moore actually believes about the structure of reality. Like if you listen to interviews with him. Yeah. Like it's not just like a fun little thought. Like it's all like tied together. Um, and the – and that's the thing, like, again, like, it's so integral to the medium of comics. So a movie or even like a miniseries is kind of shot. It's almost like adapting a video game. It's kind of potentially shot from the jump because yeah. the, media, the, the, me, the the story it's adapting is so tailor-made to the medium it's in. But it, but it's also just it can't like, – like, like, the movie is pretty surface level. It's it's like the it's, it's, it's the way pretty, you understand Watchmen when I when you first read it when you're fifteen. Yeah, yeah, it's very faithful. Like like Zack Snyder used literal like just used the mo- like the book panels itself as storyboards to direct like how a scene would unfold. Um, not in not exactly. Well, well, we, he puts in his own shit too, or at least him and his writers that are just like. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, the, his the, contributions. The, the places where they uh, riff stand out so sharply from when they're just yeah. one for one doing um, the material. But like, uh, I so for the, like the this this was a movie that was literally con- or this Watchmen was considered unfilmable, like famously by uh, Terry Gilliam, um, great, 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 mon- great director of uh, you know Monty Python, and Holy Grail, Brazil. Uh, Baron Monkhausen, a, a, a guy who could have gotten closer movies. to getting the yes, he, his version probably would have been less slavishly faithful to the source material, but probably closer in spirit and theme. Yes, I he he said this would be a concept that really would only work as a multi-part miniseries. Oh, totally, and I yeah. I agree. Like I watched the first episode of the Watchmen limited series just to check it out, and it if like. It gives a lot more time for like, like the issue I think in having to condense a literal massive tome like Watchmen is like in condensing things, you have to do more of a surface level Passover. So you're missing a lot of these details and like like, certain like pacing that is like necessary in order for these specific character arcs and storylines to feel 
Well, it's it's also the, like feel important like, and believable and resonance. But it's also the problem in translating the medium because when you read the book, you yeah. get thought bubbles and narration in addition to dialogue. And again, you can linger on details like each you know each panel so carefully framed and choreographed. You can linger on details that tell you a lot that you could miss in a movie shot even of the same thing because you don't have the time to process it. But also, is like the book in like between chapters between what would have been issues and originally came out are interstitial bits uh, excerpts from owl uh hollis night owl one's um uh, memoir stuff Under like the that hood. yeah that fills kind of things just, out oh my god i just realized it because his under after he retires he becomes an auto mechanic so oh my god of, uh, yeah. i'm fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking stupid. I was like, but wait, no, he's not he's not hooded justice. What is that? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. okay. No, I've I mean I've missed Damn. so many of those too. They're just so on the nose that they like go right over your head. But yeah, um you, yeah. So stuff stuff from those parts is kind of like crowbarred into the dialogue in a way that like feels yes. unnatural and it just stands yes. out from a lot of the other stuff. Um, yes. So so like my but I think oh, it's interesting because it's illustrative in how he tackles this material and what he gets about it, what he doesn't get, what he changes, how he yeah. interprets it visually. Even because like every the, the, Watchmen is not an action comic. Um, no, the handful. No, of, like, and that's the big one of the big differences. Very brief and kind of perfunctory. They're they're totally kind of beside the point. It's like you get enough panels to know. Oh, um, Laurie and Dan, a, a Silk Spectre two and Night Owl two beat up some muggers in an alleyway it's like a few panels yeah. um, they're 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 breaking it's, into it's, the jail to get rorschach out yeah. it's not this extended long sequence where you just no, like it's, it's not silk specter and in, in latex kicking people and you just it's, it's just not seriously got super slow-mo she's epic, you don't see her awesome camel toe action. like come on yeah like and that's like, like that, like admittedly, as much as like his color grading drives me insane, that oh, it's, that it's style of shooting it's. action works great yeah. for something like 300, right? Yeah. Like it but, works great for certain, but it's, 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 it's not what Watchmen is or is about. So yeah, the, the idea that he needs to palette. do the like epic superhero action stuff in this movie shows that he's kind of missing something. Like, oh, yo, this, yeah. this comic's pretty interesting. It's got a lot of interesting ideas. It's like, yo, what if superheroes were realistic and morally ambiguous? But, you know, we can, we need to amp up the action. And it's like, because the, the, the point isn't that these guys are cool. They're not cool and they're not epic. They're pathetic, maybe a little scary in how deranged they are. The, aside from Dr. Manhattan, Dr. Manhattan's supposed to be genuinely, he's supposed to, to quote the book and the movie, inspire religious terror. Um because he is a demigod, and that's uh, uh, upsetting. He's, he's the concept. real man of steel. Yeah, he, he is. But everybody else, like, is supposed to be, like, yeah, they can beat up a bunch of muggers, but they're supposed to be like kind of sad. Like, like again, like it's it's taking the super and the heroic out of um, these characters, except possibly in like a very antique sense of heroism. But even that. Like um, like Rorschach's yeah. pathetic, uh, Dan Dryberg's pathetic. Um, 
uh, even the comedian's pretty pathetic. Like uh, he's they're, they're, they're literally a Nazi. Like he literally murdered. He he literally did war crimes. In oh, Vietnam. totally. Yeah. He's, and and like uh, yeah. And oh, just to say nothing JFK. about the attempted rape, <laughs> and he killed JFK. Uh, which I had forgot for, uh, about for George H. I, I W. Bush was, and Richard Nixon. In the yeah. CIA. Um, speaking, you know what? Can we let's because we let's start with the opening, the famous opening titles for this movie, um, which I think a lot of a lot of people hold in pretty well regard. It's like very memorable, um, and I think that t- opening like title sequence is very very illustrative of not only like what Zack Snyder like does and like his sort of style but it also kind of betrays uh, this movie super boomer pilled which the book really isn't his, that much cuz it was still yeah, 80s yeah um like this is this is a very pre this is a yeah but this is a very like like I, I watch this movie and I, I think of being in a hot topic, in in a like eighth grade, buying a uh, like just a shitty T-shirt for way too much money, <laughs> and that's that's the it's the vibe I get. But let's, those. What are your opinions on the opening titles? Because I think I mean, they actually ti- show his strength. Times they are changing is maybe a little on the nose as a song it's, choice, like every song choice in this it, movie. What was um, it on the nose at the time when this came out, though? Because I feel like, like watching this now, it's like all of ad- these admittedly, needle yeah, drops we, are very obvious. We weren't doing that as much then, but it was, but like it's still like, like I said, it's very boomer pilled um, coming from two thousand, the late two thousands. Um, but yeah, like that, like nobody, like 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 a lot of stuff in this movie is fine. Um, and like I said, the the theatrical cut on its own is like it's not a bad movie; it's watchable. Um, overall like you're like coming at it from like a general audience perspective but it's it's just like if you know the source material which is true of a lot of adaptations but like it just the it's it's less to like beat them up more so than it is just to like understand because like like Zack Snyder like Zack Snyder is a filmmaker like there's things that we can try to understand about him in his perspective and his style versus like the Marvel machine where so much of that is stripped which again is why I think people gravitate to him whereas like whatever his many many flaws he is a filmmaker who makes real movies, not great movies or even good he movies has all a the vision. time. But you know, I like like when when you're when that's kind of your option. It's like a, a McDonald's or like a home cooked meal, but it's kind of like shitty and fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, no, there's a reason he he became like the other major like Hollywood comic book movie director, and there's a reason people are like constantly dick riding for him on the internet and there's a reason if you say anything bad about him like this is this is i've been trying to try a couple like times to go viral Schneider. like by yeah yeah see if maybe maybe we can uh get some publicity for the pod by uh poking the snyder fans but that might be a very very bad decision um anyways i i don't know the the opening titles are very like like what Zack Snyder does they're, they're, well, they're pretty fine, and they're they're a point where like deviating from the source material to make it fit the medium you're in, and it's a good it it's a good sense. way of yeah, in, yeah, it's the, a good way of like truncating like pocket, the background, the pocket context of the world you're in. Yeah. You get that dollar bill. The in the book, the superhero who was like hired and created is basically like a marketing stunt by banks. 
Yeah, he gets his, his cape, cape caught, caught in the-, the revolving door, and he got all shot up, which is such a such a funny, such a again like the stuff. Like I don't, I don't know wh- whether or not the movie's trying to be funny in a lot of situations, but the book is definitely meant to be like not goofy, ha ha. Like it's also like it's it's not insincere in its pathos and but it's also meant it's, to be. It's not funny, funny in the and, same way. It's like wry. Like like we're we recording. Like Rorschach is argu- arguably like. Treat, like I feel like Zack Snyder treats Rorschach very seriously. Yeah, and he's like, he's supposed to like, be kind of as like the moral like, compass and like the moral good. It's like no, he's like a right wing crazy crank who you know well, hates women and homosexuals. Well, I don't. Okay, here's the thing. I don't. I think he understands that he's fucked up in that sense a little bit like it's not yeah totally but it's like, like it's like that. but it's like I, it's his, like idealizing the joker yeah it, but it's it's his like uncomp but like his his uncompromising binary morality his straight up just like oh i mean you know the end you know, so spoil the ending yeah um ozymandias rigs up this ski this this scheme that kills millions of people Who but supposed to spoilers? stop the oncoming world war three and create world peace by giving an, an enemy for the world to unite against and Rorschach's just like, well, no, this is wrong. For, forget I'm the out. consequences. It's just wrong. And I know you're going to kill me. And I'm going to, you doctor my hat, and I know you're going to kill me. And I'm going to make you kill me. Because if you don't, it, I will tell the world goes, about this and reignite World War Three. Because yeah. what happens goes, is beside the point. It's just wrong. Yeah. Um, he goes, do it like Shia LaBeouf. Superstar Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And there is something. And then, then Dr. Manhattan squeezes him to death. And, and I mean, there is, and it's intentional, but there is something compelling about that level of conviction for someone to have it. But oh yeah, there's a reason he's like the most like popular character. Like yeah, he's like the I I made a joke about this. It's it's like the Joker to Rorschach spectrum. I feel like people who are like you know, Joker's a little too mainstream for them. Then they go down. But also, like the Joker is the opposite. He's totally amoral and nihilistic, whereas Rorschach is brutal. And nihilistic, but if, yeah. if not moral per se, he has like the, again, like that's the the book kind of goes into the explicitly into the symbology of his mask, which is the shapes constantly changing, but it's always black and white, right? Yeah. Um. And yeah, yeah, he's based on. Uh, I mean, in part, he's just kind of like where 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 Night Owl Two is sort of like goofy Batman, more so. Um, Rorschach yeah, is sort uh, of a take on like on. you know dark Frank Millery sort of Batman, but he's also like more explicitly, especially the character design is based on a couple like pretty, I think like not well remembered Steve Ditko characters who are uh, the Question and Mister A, who are both just I vehicles read, for Steve Ditko yeah. to to go on about objectivism. <laughs> yeah, I read a little. I read like the Wikipedia page on Rorschach, and they mentioned him, and he. Yeah, as soon as I as soon as I saw uh uh Ayn Rand's name in the fucking Rorschach Wikipedia page, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But the yeah. thing is, like, Alan Moore thinks like he's said like, oh, I think those views are like silly. Like, oh, the, totally, the, yeah. Like, and the like one of the main points of Watchmen that is made is like, you know, not everything is black and white. Um. You know, and by by that definition, like, you know, there cannot really there can be no like moral absolutism like Rorschach is ridiculous. It's, it's um, a but I feel like this. But I feel like Zack Snyder, like 
treats treats Rorschach as like kind of idolizes him more. I, like he's, like he's, he's not like, really allowed. He's yeah. He treats him as more of a conventional antihero. Like he he's kind of fucked up and bad, but he has this kind of necessary moral clarity and and hardness and honesty. But like really, like he's just pathetic he's a guy that has no life outside of putting on his mask yeah and beating up what, guys yeah. who a lot of the time haven't even done anything wrong like what what does he do yeah, in the book that's really what's he, lost. he fails that's to what's solve lost in the movie a mystery he fails to do much of anything he terrorizes a harmless old dying man multiple times um and only once and he goes back to terrorize him again and finds him dead um like he he's just a like he's a fucked up guy who's angry at the world is finding a way to moralize it as opposed to the Joker who's like the I'm you know like the world's fucked up and I'm laughing at it, which I guess is the comedian also is sort of that that nihilism yeah it's um, that and again this it's it's I feel like it's very hard just to talk about this movie because like because of its source material being so like. A so good, yeah, and B like so detailed and so like yeah, it's dense. rich and nuanced and dense and and structured um, like the book is structured very like the Doctor Manhattan like he's you know he sits on Mars and kind of goes back and forth through the, his life the famous meme image yeah but like the whole book is structured like that like it's kind and the movie is kind of too it's trying to but like again it's a comic book so it's but like the whole comic book is structured like that you're constantly going back and forth through time as, as it unfolds right uh you know rorschach's wandering the streets ranting in his head and then you go to and like there's no the the sequence of the comedian like well presumably ozymandias and breaking in and killing him that isn't in the book it's just rorschach has his little monologue while he walks through the streets towards that crime scene and then you get the cops reconstructing the crime scene but like inaccurately while you just get little in between panels flashing to the like like every fight in this movie is epicked up like the comedian doesn't put up a fight he gets his ass kicked he's thrown out a window and it's very short and punchy and um, brutal yeah he's like 60 years old same with like when owl one gets killed by those punks like in the in the movie which was not in the theatrical cut it's not that was it's not in the theatrical cut um i i was able to watch that scene separately in, um, in the I, movie, yeah. it's like this, like, you get all these shots of his memorabilia and flashbacks to his awesome life of fighting crime, and he goes down swinging, and it's this kind of he- sad but a little bit heroic death as he fights, as he finally succumbs to this uh, group of gang guys. But in but the no, book, the gang they just, just like break in, and, in the book, they just break in and kick his ass and kill him because he's an yeah. old man, and it's not... It doesn't have that it, like the movie has this kind of romantic sentimentality because Zack Snyder takes superheroes seriously, which is what yeah. people respond to. Like he he tries to adult them, but the, he he's adulting them while at the same time taking them seriously at a basic level. Yeah, whereas Watchmen just <coughs> it's not everyone say kazoom tight. Thank too. you. Well, it's it's not what well, serious is kind of a weird. It's hard. It's not the best word for it. But it's like Watchmen isn't unserious, but it like. Like it just dispenses altogether again with the idea that there's anything super or heroic about these people when put in a quasi-realistic world. Whereas like like with Man of Steel, it's like, oh, we've got this grittier, more realistic Superman, but he's still also still Superman. 
you know, which is which is as as I said, and Man it's oblivious Steel, to the it, contradiction. It is yeah, Man of Steel is just Doctor Manhattan, like Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, like Superman is just Doctor Manhattan. But but also he's uh, still Superman. He's still a guy he's who still cares and does the right thing. Does he? Um, even we, if he's, I, he's in the in the in the mind, in the mentality of the movie, in the mentality of the movie. Um, whereas Doctor Manhattan is just explicitly like he's become like a god and he no longer relates to humanity. He's standing there on Mars thinking, so one tiny so so one species on one planet goes extinct. So so fucking what? I'm just looking at the craters on Mars and they're just as good to me. Like But but Man of Steel can't go there, right? Um No, no. Oh, there's a rabbit outside my window. Oh hi Bunny. So and that's and, and that's the thing and that's the problem with so many like the post Watchmen is like realistic gritty superheroes. It's like yeah. that's not yeah the this and point of Dark Watchmen. Knight. The point of Watchmen, if yeah. anything, is that you shouldn't do dark and gritty superheroes. Superheroes should be ju- ju- juvenile in their heroism, right? Like yeah, that's, that's the only way they that's, actually that's would really, work realistically. Like, like I don't think Alan Moore hates superheroes. He was just like, well. You know, if if we are going to take them seriously like this, this is what you get, um, which is why. But he's also like like years after that, he would do superhero stories that were more convent like that weren't deconstructions the way Watchmen is. Yeah, like the idea that I, he was trying to kill superheroes isn't really accurate. Yeah, or I feel like Watchmen is it. It's it's better understood like it's not necessarily a, it's not necessarily a superhero movie. It's more of a science fiction the book kind of movie. I think it's. Yeah, 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 I think or, so. Yeah, that's that's fair because it's in like its approach because the like you know the superhero genre has such a rigid sort of set of rules and not that Zack Snyder has paid much attention to certain aspects. You know, see Man of Steel, uh, where his version of Superman is just angry, autistic, uh, war criminal, uh, scary alien man. Because oh, that's what Superman would be like because that's what existed in real life. like no no he's a he's a himbo who wears red undies at. yeah um but like this i i think the tone for watchmen is much better for like this is this is a much more like you know not to say that this movie is you know a great adaptation of uh, watchmen you know it's it's fine it's it it you know is pretty it's about as faithful as i think people could get in 2009 but like you know the bottom line is Zack Snyder just can't put to screen like all that detail and nuance that is there in the original comic no and it's it's absence is very noticeable for people who (gasps) have watched who who have not watched read the comic or, or watched the comic there's the motion comic that I've been watching a few episodes of um but can we can we we should we should mention the cast too because I think yeah. it also the, um, the cast is I think mostly pretty strong. Um, yeah, like Jackie Earl uh, Haley, uh, like Warshak Warshak is really good. Yeah, like I like think I think his Batman voice is a bad choice, but but otherwise, because in the comic books they describe him as having like other characters remark to him that he has like a creepy monotone. So I feel like something more less grizzled and more more kind of like affectless serial killer super autistic would have been like true um effective but other than that like yeah, yeah he's 
he's pretty good. He definitely looks the part. Um, I think Billy oh, Crudup is great. He brings this kind of dis like this kind of um dampened resigned that dick and balls, but it's kind of like resigned, kind of faint melancholy. To Doctor yeah. Manhattan, that I think yeah, is really appropriate. The, um, yeah, I think the Doctor Manhattan like scene, the back that backstory scene, is the strongest. It scene is, really. yeah, it, it is. And um, uh, Patrick Wilson, I think, is a really good Dan Dryberg. Um, he, he, yeah, and he if, has if only because uh, he, he sort of looks and sounds vaguely like Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> huh? Noted foot guy Bob yeah. Odenkirk, but they, they sound a little similar, don't they? I'm not crazy, Kinda. right? Yeah. No, you're not crazy. But uh, but but like like yeah, like like he he he's convincing as sort of like a dork, just just a guy who's a huge dork, and got to cosplay superhero because he had a bunch of money and, and some nerd. No, yeah, he yeah. Night Owl was explicitly funded by Wall Street. Yeah, which again, um, the, the Batman thing, right? Like, um, yeah, and like, I think the like the uh, big Ozymandias. Well, no, well. I don't think that guy I, is necessarily a bad actor, Matthew but it's just like yeah, I don't think he's a bad actor or anything, but like he's so miscast and he's yeah, given he, like he's given the wrong direction. He he plays yeah. Ozymandias as a sallow, like this sallow, dark rims around his eyes schemer. When in the book he's a Chad. He's a square jawed, yeah. smiling Chad that is full of charisma and is just really like he's he's he 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 like the thing with Ozymandias is he is good in a sense. He is genuinely good in this sense, a superheroic sense. And that goodness and that kind of like utilitarian liberal rationalism leads him to do something unspeakably horrific. But there should be nothing at all menacing or creepy or off-putting about yeah. him. He should yeah. he, he should be totally like um Christopher Reeves, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Well, the it's like his uh, Matthew Good's like clear. There's like one. I think it's the scene where um, night uh, Dan Night Owl 2 is visiting Vite, uh, Ozymandias uh, at his, Adrian, at his yeah. office telling. Yeah. A- after he's, and, after and, he's done telling <laughs> Lee Iacocca to fuck off, basically, which and, is a funny and thing. To Matthew answer. Good's I, like that is a wig. That is a wig. His like hairline looks so bad. Like that is a wig hairline that's not been properly glued down. It is. I, I'm. I think people probably are picking up on this now, but I am very attuned to sensing bad wigs. Wigs in movies, fashion, like uh, fashion and makeup stuff in general. You pick up on bad, it. I, I don't. Oh mostly. my god. Like yeah. Oh, we're gonna talk about like Silk Spectres to uh, fucking costume design and how. Well, you know, she, indicative. Of she's Zack just Snyder kind of Aaron's, one of the but, weakest points of the movie, both yes. casting wise and in execution. Like. Um, but I was going to say, uh, in the HBO series, Ozymandias is played by Jeremy Irons, and it's like, why, why the fuck didn't we get Jeremy Irons in the first place? Would have been too old. No, he was like, he would have been, uh, he would have been like not much older than presumably no, Adrian Veidt yeah. would have been in like eighty five. Um. Yeah. I also watched Madam Butterfly. Uh, with him. Uh, yeah. Hi- highly recommend. Uh, yeah, it's a Cronenberg movie without any body horror. Uh, it's it's different, but I liked it. Um, but yeah, you know that's that's why his, about... that's why his clothing never has any wrinkles. Because Jeremy Irons. Uh. 
Uh, yeah, let's talk about. Let's just let's just finally talk about uh, Melina Ackerman. Malin Ackerman. Malin, whatever. Malin um, rebate Ackerman. Malin. Yeah, this is like really the only prominent movie she's been in. She is. Yeah, she is. She's like TV tier, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah, she's more of she's, like a TV actor. She was on like, like an Adult Swim like comedy show. Like, I think it was Children's Hospital. Oh, like, Children's she had a starring Hospital. role. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how she is in other things. I've like barely seen her in stuff, but like, she's just like not. She looks the part, but she's just not up to she the task. She looks the part, in this absolutely. Um, um, but I think, arguably, I think that also might just be like you know, very much a result of that surface level approach you have to take to adapting a Watchmen, like, like the entirety of Watchmen to screen, because like the big thing with like, let's, let me just, let me just riff on Lori for a minute. It looks like she's mostly Uh, done like TV drama and comedy and dramedy. Like, yeah, she's just got a, doesn't doesn't have i mean none of them were really none of them were name pullers like none of them were like which you know like like i'll give like Zack snyder credit like i think it's easy to make like a comparison like you call him like a vulgar auteur like michael bay but he's not michael bay super commercial and Zack snyder really isn't there's there's people that like his thing it's it's kind of flashy and sometimes but it's not commercial he's you know like he he, i mean he makes these movies like fucking four hours long that's not something you do when your eyes on the bag um but uh, yeah the thing with like the the big thing with Lori's like story is that she like her mother was the first silk specter uh uh her mother was um almost raped by the comedian uh but at some point they had a consensual sexual relationship which you know the the dynamic of that is like I, I think and this is this goes for any sort of um narrative about like sexual violence or like interpersonal violence and and whatnot. Like you need you need the time and the space and like the detail in order to do those ideas justice and the way like the having to truncate like all of this narrative into a limited like theatrical runtime like even the three hour version three and a half hour version i'm assuming does this yeah yeah it's it's, it it reduces it and it makes it like like laurie doesn't really feel like she has a character arc in the movie like she doesn't really feel like she has a character yeah you get less of her and you get less of her mom too her mom is there's more of her in carla guignino uh i probably fucked up her last name but uh yo have you seen gerald's game no, I read the book. She's in Gerald's Game. Oh my! That was a, a speaking of unfilmable movies. That was also, or that was also a yeah that's, story that's that was considered unfilmable. Doing as a movie. Uh, I mean, it exists and it's yeah, great. I, should, and I, should, well, it, I heard that was good. Yeah, it's sick. Out. It's sick. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you know what? Let me talk about her costume in this movie because I think her costume is very endemic of like. One of my biggest gripes with this movie, and I think one of my biggest gripes with, like, Zack Snyder in terms of how he, like, you know, depicts women on screen. Um, like, there's, there's, for example, there's that one shot uh, where uh, her and Night Owl are, 
you know, they're, they've, they're going to bust Rorschach out of jail and she tumbles out of the like owl ship or whatever the fuck that thing is called. And she does this like Jojo's bizarre adventure ass pose. Like for, and, and it's just like an action hero pose after yeah. like rolling out in, on top of this, like fucking disgusting jail that is in the middle of a riot. Um, but in the, yeah, in the, in the original comic, like Silk Spectre 2's, outfit is is more like it's like a jumper underneath and like uh you know like billowy like yeah because it's, it's a version around. of her mom just like that for, for us like her mom just from birth it was like a pin her into yeah. this lifestyle and her yeah her costume yeah, i was like 40 like silk spec that's a very 40s kind of pulp name oh right? yeah so yes like her, and her mom very much like got into the superhero thing to build a brand in in the book that's explicit like yeah and in her old age she like you know she she likes the fact that she was considered as sep- like you know desirable oh, yeah. she's still hanging on she's, to that she's got this yeah her friend or someone found an old Tijuana bible which is like little hand doodles porn. porno comics porn. from world war yeah. 2 she's like look it's cute and Lori's yeah. like that's disgusting mother um but yeah here's in the movie um, and Zack Snyder said somewhere he was like, yeah, I didn't, you know, want to change, you know, too much about the characters like physical appearance. I just wanted to like kind of modernize bit their costumes and by modernize in uh, Zack Snyder's vernacular, at least in like 2008, 2009, that mean- that means uh, putting a woman in just like a completely latex costume Yeah, where she's just like, you just see camel toe whenever she's kicking like that must be the least comfortable oh, thing. Yeah, super like it's you know riding up her ass. Like it's, but it's also it's like, ridiculous. It's it's why, ridiculous for something honestly. like it's it's a kind of retro futuristic alternate eighties. But for something set in the eighties, why modernize to a two thousand eight sensibility? Yeah, like that's that's not a very eighties looking costume. Like, there's either. a little bit of the retro futuristic eighties stuff because in the book it was a retro futuristic present. Um, yeah, there's a little bit in the movie. If you squint, you can see it. But there's like a ton of stuff missing from that element, which is unfortunate because it's very charming. Like Lori's sev- like non costume outfits, um, her her long like e cig thing that she's smoking in the book. This like oh yeah, oh yeah. Because uh, for all of you who who are not seeing, I'm I'm just like vaping on camera <laughs> with Stu. Uh, yeah, no, I saw that it's it's like a long ass. It looks like a, yeah, it's like a. a it looks like something you'd use in like a chemistry class. Yeah, yeah, it's like a of. weird long tube or something. Like it's, with like a bulb in the middle. Yeah, it's like a yeah, crack pipe. It, it's like a little, like it looks a little bit Jetsons, like. <clears throat> and that's all kind of missing, and that's that all adds it like that all adds a lot of character and. It's just visually, genuinely, like the like like you have Snyder Vision color palette. It's not quite wet concrete vision, yeah. But like Sny- book, Snyder Vision, the book has such a striking and deliberate use of color, and it's a real shame to not see that translated to film. I um, I was literally going to say that as well. Like it is a it is like this is this and that's by, like one like, thing I you think could this just is not do a terrible a looking movie like compared to like man of steel I like found, this is a lot more colorful really than lit, but that might have been because i had to it's watch under it on my laptop i think it's under yeah um Not- or just no well i i realized his movies they're like 
color graded. They look like like if you were wearing sunglasses while watching a movie. Like everything's like dim. Like the colors seem dim. It's like he it's it's like Zack Snyder's probably just watching these movies with sunglasses it, it on. Looks like a, cool. It looks like a 3D <laughs> movie, but not in 3D. Yes. That's, yes. All those movies look yes. kind of like that. Yeah, which n- no no me gusta. Um yeah, speaking of like yeah, Snyder Vision, I think is we gotta coin that term. Snyder Vision. Uh, one more thing that ties in with Silk Spectre, um, because I I did I watched the part of the motion comic that does the flashback to uh comedian's attempted rape. Um A, it is not as graphic in the comic. Not as no, it dude, is she gets way more graphic in the movie. She gets her ass beaten brutally in the movie. It's a weird I mean but that's probably like, like that. Like she 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 gets beat up in the comic, but she like there are one of the Like the movie really a, it's and it does it with the same yeah, slow mo okay. like like the fight scenes a little bit. Yeah. It's like Yeah. So here's I'm going to give you some like feminist media study 101. Um you know you, you hear you'll hear me say or throw out the word like male gaze. A lot. At least in my mind, when I think of the male gaze, um, I, a good way of detecting. I think like, of Elton John. Just a, <laughs> um, no, I think of like body parts, like close up, close ups, and like fragmented images of women's body parts that feel and have like the sort of visual reverence of like a fast food commercial, or like you're showing like a slab, like, of a, meat like a titty, off. like a hamburger. All glistening. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's and there are so many shots like that during that scene, uh, like you know, comedian just like running his fingers up Carlo Guarino's like thigh, and it like lingers on it. And it's like none of that is none of that is in the comic. None of that. None of that. That is all Zack Snyder. Yeah. But the that the is weird, all Zack Snyder. Here's the weird thing though. So there's all of that leering, which I, I, I yes, leering. And there's all of from from uh, comedian and the camera, <coughs> which I, I noted too. Um, and and but I, I could also I could maybe see it being like because I've like I've seen Sucker Punch. I could see Snyder being like trying to be subversive and then just coming across doing exactly. Oh, the I thing. think. Oh, maybe uh, I don't when, know. I could. I, I could. Silk's- I, I also suspect I'm giving him way too much credit with that. But well, when Silk Spectre toppled out onto that rooftop and did that JoJo's pose, I'm convinced that's where Zack Snyder came up with the idea for Sucker Punch. <laughs> like he just that moment, he was like, "What if I made a movie that's all that?" That is that is that entirely what <laughs> that movie. That movie. Is. I remember my first girlfriend loved that movie too. Like, it was, but um. Yeah, but but here's the weird thing. So it's so much more lurid, and there's and it's so much more violent. Yeah, but at the same Unnecessarily time, so. it is an almost rape. Like he gets stopped, yeah. kind of right before he gets in. Um, I don't know a better way to say that. In the book, I it's mean, attempted. It's I an would, attempted. I would rape. need to double check, but in the book, I think it's just a rape. It's like way less no, it's, luridly it's also, depicted. No, hooded oh, justice. Hooded justice stops it. He said, "Oh, okay. I was like, it's been a few months. I was a little unsure of that, but like, yeah, but like, yeah, the book is a lot more restrained, and I would say tactful in how it depicts it. Um, yeah, not so here, where like when Lori realizes like what her true parentage is, like it just kind of feels. Also, I don't think again. I need to double check here. Two hours later, 
Ah, sorry, Miguel, I hit a button or something and it stopped recording. So, I was just saying about, uh, so when Lori confronts Dr. Manhattan, he brings her to Mars so they can have a conversation where he says, you know, you'll, they'll end in tears. Um, in the, in the book, like it, it, some of her memories are kind of missing, like her drunkenly confronting the comedian about the attempted rape at a party. Um, but also like there's this, this, uh, this bottle of nostalgia perfume, which you see advertised in the background of the yes. movie. It's like Veidt's company is advertising nostalgia perfume. And he has to say like, he's, it goes more in depth with him sitting in front of his bank of computer monitors, kind of like not watching anyone thing, but absorbing the zeitgeist and being like, we're in a moment of crisis and war, you know, invest in this and that and sell market on nostalgia and familiarity. And then Which at I, the I end, I think you brought this up in a previous episode. I think, yeah, I think you, you, you just, yeah. And then at the end of the book in like the denouement, He's advertising millennium. It's like we're past the crisis. Now it's like the new age and it's all forward looking speculative stuff. But um, she, she I think, it's, I think it's, I forget how it ends. It's just like a Dr. Manhattan science magic thing. But she has this bottle of nostalgia perfume and she's having this realization about the comedian being her father. And, 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 and you see these panels of the perfume tumbling through the air and spilling. And then it smashes against his Mars palace, and that's when it collapses. Yeah, um, we don't, we don't. And in the movie, she just like hits it really hard, and it breaks. Yeah, it's it's little details like that that are like symbols and like visual motifs that have to be given like time and space in order to be given like meaning, like those kind of things that are ex- exercised from. Uh, like the the film version that's like what we mean when we say this is like a very like it's a faithful adaptation and that like pretty much everything there like and the only major change is the ending which arguably kind of we'll talk we'll talk about that but kind of depending on how you look at it i i think works uh at least for like to end a watchman movie um but yeah and See, it, I, I, yeah and it's it's not to nitpick like oh they did something different than the book like that's not the point it's that the changes that they make or the things they omit reveal a lack of understanding of the material or or compromises with it to make it more out commercial or accessible to the like the imagined idiot audience ever because like, even little things like yeah. Dr. Manhattan he, he he in his little speech after his his palace shatters when he when he has his realization like oh there is something interesting about human life uh, and it can surprise me um and, and be interesting and he, he he says miracles in the movie uh, in reference to what Laurie says in the book he says thermodynamic miracles it's a tiny thing but he's referring uh, yeah. to a specific phenomena of like extraordinarily rare uh, like atomic events and then comparing human life to that. And it's a chunk of that speech is, is in the movie, but it's just, it's simplified and, and, and kind of dumbed down a little bit. But like, I think that choice, like he says, thermodynamic miracles, everything's still in scientific materialist terms for Dr. Manhattan. That's important. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's well, there's a difference, like, because not to say that there are, 
like you see there are a lot of stuff in the back there's like shit in the background of shots that like you know tie into the like comics but i don't think like Zack snyder doesn't understand the way like uh or at least this movie doesn't understand the way the original comic did just that it's it's not about like you know the excitement of recognizing something because it ties into something else it's about the meaning and like how those objects like so i found i found a quote um and this this just stood out to me because we've we've talked previously about how so much of these superhero movies now are just like throwing in Easter eggs, you know, with no no purpose other than for like seal it's, people it's in the just, theater yeah, to sit up in the theater and point yeah. at it. Um, so yeah, it was some interview he gave, but uh, I I took an app. Uh, uh, oh, says Snyder said that he has been going back and forth with the studio Warner Brothers about which scenes should be cut and which should remain. I've lost perspective on that now because to me, the honest truth is I geek out on little stuff now as much as anybody, Snyder said. Like, people will go, we've got a cut. You don't need that shot of Hollis Mason's garage sign. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course you do. Are you crazy? And here's, this is the part I highlighted. Uh, He said, how will people enjoy the movie without shit like that in it? So it's hard for me. I think it's probably good because I think we're going to end up with that stuff in the movie. Um, just the way he phrased that, how will people enjoy the movie without shit like that in it? And it's like, people will enjoy the movie if it's a good, it's well-made merits, movie. Yeah. And, and, actually- and, and that's, it's like that, it's like, it's so hard talking about Zack Snyder because it's like, he's... You know, we joke that he's like a dumb jock guy, and you know, well, a bad filmmaker. But he's, he's not. He's but it's a, just like he's a nerd. He's a. He just feels very like he makes. What did I say? I said this to my roommate the other night. He he makes movies that feel like they were made for fourteen, fifteen year old boys in like two thousand seven. Like well, he's he, he perpetually is, no, well, stuck not just making those. He is the fifteen year old boy. Like. Yeah. And at certain levels, he's never really, I think, progressed past that and that level of engagement with the material. So, like, I thought Watchmen was awesome when I first read it when I was like, oh. yeah, like 15, 16. And I probably engaged it at about that level at that age. Um, I'm not 15 anymore. <laughs> um, no. And, and I mean, like, and that's the thing, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, just the color grading notwithstanding with the right material, um, he could make a perfectly good movie. But it's got all of these, it, it's got that mentality, but married with these larger intellectual, realistic superhero movie aspirations. And again, it means that there's all these contradictions that aren't even, that he's not even cognizant of in his movies. Um and that's why I, that's why I, I think it was good that we did this because it illuminates a lot of that and it'll help explain. Yeah, and it explains the appeal because I think a lot of the Snyder guys or, or, or stands of like the, his Justice League stuff are they're, well, they're like him, and I mean, fair yeah. enough. Like, oh yeah, he he's them and they are him, so they respond to his movies because that's also the the frame through which they appear. Which I, I guess it's fine. Um. But I think that's 
what it is, right? And that's why it can seem so hard to parse the movies sometimes because it requires yeah. a different set of kind of assumptions and, and way of engaging with them. Like I just, you know, I watched a lot of these cartoons as a kid. I've read some of these comic books, like, you know, not just Watchmen. I've got a few Batman comics and stuff over here. Um, but I just, I'm not a fanboy like that. Um, yeah, it's not your was. entire personality. Yeah, and he is. He's a fanboy, which means he's including stuff because it's there. But and I don't, I don't want to say never. I don't want to say he has zero understanding of of the material. But like, there's a lot that yeah. misses, um, and a lot of depth that, that I think he misses. And a lot of stuff that he includes for the like the whole Black Freighter sequence. I, I from, the, from from the way it's put in the movie, I think he basically understood it. Where it's like you know it's. But what it was analogous, analogous to, but like, yeah, that was that was cut from the version I watched. It also like doesn't. It's great in the book, but it, like if you're if you're gonna make a movie at all, like that is a thing you can totally cut. Like yeah, it's cool, yeah. but, it, but it's also like the way it's done. Like it's it's animated in a very like it's not it's decently animated, I think, but it's like animated in a very contemporary style. In the, in the book, the Black Freighter panels look like older pulp comic book panels they're like printed in that like dot um dithered style oh like a dot um, matrix kind of yeah it was, it was a way they printed comet cheaper and older comics yeah to save money right where it's like you've got a few colors you can use you put them on as dots and then you mix the dots of different colors together to create gradients and shades and stuff um and the black freighter interludes look like that and so in the movie you could have animated them like an 80s cartoon right or, or at least approximately yeah oh does it look how does it oh is it like Newgrounds flash no animation? no it's it's competently animated it just looks i feel like competent is looks not, not good enough for watchmen though it also yes but it's um it's just very animated a very contemporary way i think um and it's also again like the violence. Everything's just epicked up a little. Like every everything in this movie's epicked up a little. In in the book, unless I've missed some small detail, when like Doctor Manhattan like teleports from point A to point B, he just appears. I don't think there's any like big flash of light. Um, but in the movie, of course, there has to be a great big dramatic flash of light and electricity and energy. Um, yeah. Um. Well, he's kind of glowing here in this panel, maybe a little bit, but it's like, again, everything's amped up and made more epic and awesome, which like, like if he did like a heavy metal movie or something like, oh, would he would work be fine. so good at making a, like you know, live action heavy like metal. I'm not against that stuff. It's just such a bad fit for Watchmen and it's such a bad fit for combining with the like. I want to be like Watchmen yeah. kind of pseudo intellectual thing that's go that makes like man of steel so ponderous and frustrating to watch. Um, and headache inducing. Yeah. And again, and also just like the, the terrible color grading. I don't know why yeah. his movies have to look like it's, that. It's, it's not as bad as like, like I can't man let go of, steel, of that. It's just so hard to watch. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's like, as you said, there is a very deliberate use of color in the comic and they're, they're these very saturated like color. It, it's all, it almost looks, looks like a, like Argento ass lighting. It's not quite like, as neon E. Yeah. But yeah. But, it is like, 
Like he, I could see, I could see a version like a film adaptation of Watchmen really employing that use of you know bright color, like a like like in Creep Show. I think they use that sort of like bright color lighting and very like deliberate uh, moments in the story. Uh, yeah, but and like to not, to evoke yeah. like the comic book um, aesthetic as well. So it's yeah, it's but you know not to beat up too much on Zack Snyder because. This is a hard R-rated, like, superhero film with a with a blue cock out in it. That's true. Yeah, we got, we uh, got big blue dongle. We have to, BBD. yeah, th- we got dongle in this. Um, hold so, on to, so there, there's another. So yeah. That sequence where Laurie's having sex with Dr. Manhattan. Oh, and, God, and it's like yeah. a bunch of arms and she realizes it's like three of them at once. Because he can just, he's, he's kind of um, almost omnipresent. Um, would that freak you out, or would you be like, "Hell yeah"? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> you you already know the answer because I'm like, girl, girl, is that the like? That's the that's the worst thing in your relationship going on. Um, she, yeah, she she. It, I I find it funny that that was too much for her, but she's like totally cool to have awkward, cringy sex. Uh, in the Owlmobile. Well, I, I think like at least in the book, it's like it bothers her because it's it's dehumanized. Like it, it feels like. Yeah, it doesn't come across like, like that in the movie though. Yeah, it's like just her, her Dr. Manhattan's interactions with her are always like utilitarian. Like this is what I thought would give you maximal pleasure. And he's also like working on his stuff at the same time and everything, right? Like she yeah, just, Lori, she wants a human yeah. connection and Dan is pathetic and the relationship is like a little bit kind of sad, but it's also like he's a person and he looks at her like a person. And that's kind of yeah, what they're the, brings they're them the two together. people who need each other. Yeah. And also it's like hardly anyone else could understand them, right? Yeah. Like can can we talk? Can we? Because that is the famous, the other famous scene. Yeah. Which like, is, again, it's it's not unlike what's, it's basically like what happens in the comic. It's just yeah, they they fuck in the comic, and there a, is a, it, it, is, and there is the they lean on the butt because she actually sets off the flamethrower earlier in the book, in the owl in the okay. Archie in the Archimedes. So she didn't she didn't mobile. press on it in the book as like a double like visual entendre. No, for, no, for it's coming. she she okay. accidentally bumped it, and then it's like it's it's a joke. She they, they're having yeah. sex in the owl thing, and then they yeah, bump no, into I know the, the joke. they jump yeah. they bump into the button, and it's a. But like it's not like in the movie it's a really extended okay, set okay. sex scene, and in the book it's 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 like the movie is very again it's very sentimental and very romantic about the relationship in the movie, yeah. Whereas the book isn't so sentimental about it. It's more just like two middle aged people stumbling into a relationship because nothing else in their life works, and it's like kind of sweet and then kind of pathetic. Like there's bath a uh, uh, pathos and bathos to it. Um, and then the movie just takes it totally at face value. Like, oh, yeah, they, they all, that's, and, and yeah. again, I think it's because Zack Snyder's on some level a nerd and he identifies with Owl 2, the earnest nerd. And he's like, yeah, you, you should you should have always been with Owl. He's the legit guy. Uh, Dr. Manhattan's weird. Uh, a Dr. weird, ephemophilic god. Yeah, he's um, a chad. He's too chad. But because also with a like, beta the, like me, the book does have the the kid in glasses sitting by the newspaper stand reading the Black Friday comic. But 
in the movie, they add this little thing where he's being bullied by some of the top knot gang guys for reading comics, and they're like, "What a read, what a fact." Yeah, that comics. is that is completely Zack Snyder. That's that totally is all Zack Snyder commentary. Yeah. And that that to me that was so illuminating uh, about him, and about I think why his superhero movies are so ponderous. Is he's like, oh no, it's it's legitimate, it's epic myth. Yeah, it's it's for grownups. Yes. yes. It's because he's yes. still on some level insecure about liking comic books uh, because he was a nerd in like the 70s and 80s. So he's like a Gen X guy, right? He's probably like 50 oh, or he's, something. Oh, he's super, he's super like, oh, take a look at him. And that, that is a guy who's like, you know, look up Gen X in a uh, like phrenology of Gen X and you just get a picture of Zack Snyder. Uh, yeah. Or in March 1st, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's. This oh, absolutely. Close to my parents' age. Um, so, yeah. So, he was like in the He's 70s. Been, here he was is like, making his horny, horny superhero movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, that's probably explains a lot of it, I think. that That's like maybe our our, our, our Rosetta Stone um, to understanding to, 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 to understanding why he approaches this material the way he does. Yeah. Um, And uh, I don't know, I'm just trying to think. So what else? I feel like I've kind of. Um, well, I, I feel like we haven't talked enough about the fact that there is just blue dong throughout this entire movie. Yeah, like, blue dong. Like, is it there? I think maybe because it's un- blue. The unforgettable it's glowing effect, blue they could penis. Get away with it. Like, I, there, there are things about this movie that like haven't aged well that in in the sense that they feel very much stuck in like 2008 2009 culture but then there are things that just by virtue of the sort of superhero movies and comic book movies that we get like in droves now where oh hell yeah there's cock in this fucking superhero movie like i'm not gonna get that from captain america 4 are you kidding me you wish. Like, I, I, well, Chris Evans isn't going to be in Captain America 4. He's done. He's retired. Oh, yeah. uh, but, like, yeah, there, there are just things that, you know, in, in Watchmen and hence in the adaptation, just that, like, you would never see in another, like, superhero movie. Uh, you know, you there's would, some good gore. There's there's some solid gore in this movie. It's it's a there's little, there's some CGI blood splatter too. That's too, very distracting. But, like but the part where um the part where the excessive like, the, I mean, the there's some bloody parts in the book, but they're not quite as well. The, um, in their execution, the the flashback uh the flashback to Rorschach's like childhood where he's like a kid being picked on by those two belly bullies. Uh, first of all, that is Zack Snyder's son playing young young Rorschach um and two when he like bites his cheek yeah when he like bites the flesh of his cheek off yeah that's some terrible CGI blood uh, that's some yeah. terrible it looks and it it's some it, for some reason like CGI blood splatter and CGI like blood effects always look worse with this you know Zack Snyder color grading like that's true they, it yeah. just it just like it looks like a bad video game cutscene or, or like you're watching this with sunglasses on. 
Yeah, or you're watching no, this with your like the dimness on your like laptop all the way off. I mean, we keep coming back to the color grading, but it's just it's, it's but it's, it's such it's a weak just... point of his visual style. Like it is just every movie is just made worse by these th- this Which, weird sepia teal underlit. You know what i I had thing. a I had a realization though because I had made an observation. Um, there was like the it's in the I'm, it's in the comic as well but i made an observation in my note there's that uh the the part where Lori and dan they're like she's like having a dream and they're like ripping each other's skin off on the surface of mars and then like an atom bomb goes off and they explode and i just wrote like in my notes oh that visuals reading very like ken russell altered states to me ken russell being like probably the most like exemplary like maximalist director um eventually we'll do a ken russell episode but yeah wouldn't you know at the climax what's on one of the movies the monitor screens adrian Veidt is watching is fucking altered states oh is it yeah what what else did i notice was on there there's a uh i think tom and jerry yeah, there's oh, there was something I I didn't write it down in my oh notes. the oh the uh the fucking where's the beef lady, Miguel it, Miguel clipping hey where's the beef yeah nobody literally all of our listeners are six years old no one's going to understand that reference I mean Unless that's you, before our time too that's just that's the only the reason 80s. I know it was because I watched like I love the eighties on VH1 <laughs> and it's like oh funny funny old lady yell about beef hey where's the beef. Yeah, there. That's yeah. Which is, anyways, my point is, Ken Russell's movies were very, very colorful. Like, I, I, again, this was the time period like before digital color grading existed. Um, but it's it it it's interesting to see. Like, well, cl- clearly Zack Snyder has seen altered states, so clearly he knows like Ken Russell movies, and if he's if Zack Snyder is trying to be this like big maximalist, like in the style of Ken Russell. He's missing like one of the crucial elements, and that's color. Like well, I, I don't know if he's trying to be a maximalist or if he's just like he's just like. Well, that's, what would that's be the awesome? thing I was debating. This, this is just what he thinks is awesome, which I think that's like it, that's all there is to it. To a lot of it, like I don't like I never know whether I'm giving him too little credit or totally overthinking like a really really straightforward filmmaker it's it's weird like Zack Snyder kind of confounds me um (laughs) that's just yeah why are you like this it's not just one or the other because sometimes I think he is trying to do things and then other times it's like yeah he's he's just he just did a thing because it it seemed cool to his particular sensibility and I I, it's hard to tell sometimes which is which um yeah he's like it's it's hard to pin him down so we kind of have to keep reverting to this, you know, perception of him as like a dumb geek jock chat dude. I, I, but I do, I, I, I do, I did notice there's there's something injected here, at least in the ultimate cut, is 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 a few allusions to w- with his project with Doctor Manhattan, uh, uh, Ozymandias, Adrian Veidt is is creating uh, like a like fusion energy, something like free energy. Yeah, clean, um, renewable and, energy. And there's some allusions to fossil fuels as a crisis. And there's that meeting, which I don't think is in the book, um, where like Lee Iacocca, who was in the 80s, the head of uh, General Motors, 
um, being like, this sounds like socialism. Oh, what yeah. What you're wait, doing. Maybe on. I should investigate your background is like you threaten to like red bait them. Um, yeah, it's something about, oh, uh, yeah, free is just another word for socialist. Yeah, and, and, and that's obviously like global warming, Iraq era stuff, because I don't think any of that's in the book. No, the um, energy. I mean, he, he, Dr. Manhattan yeah. and Vite are working on a project. And, and there is a, a line of dialogue, again, I don't think is in the book about, you know, maybe this war this war wouldn't be happening if we had sufficient resources, no one had anything to fight. I'm, I'm yeah, there's something like that as um, well. So I like I don't like again, like little things like that make me think that reading Snyder is like strictly sympathetic to Rorschach objectivist guy. I don't. But I mean, then again, that might be. Um, I, I don't think it's. I think I think the credited writer on this is actually, although I think there the movie's heavily changed from his draft. Is it David Hayter? Yes. Yes. David, um, David Hayter it- is the voice of Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. A nuclear weapon. Questions. Gene therapy. The sons of Big Boss. The DIA. A female analyst. Which is just. I, I don't know. That, I don't think that means. Although. You could say, like, I mean, there's there's something akin between Hideo Kojima and Zack Snyder in that. Yeah, Hideo kind Kojima of. is like I I like his stuff way more. It like ultimately ends up working better. Um, but it's also like the world's like dumbest smart guy or the world's smart like Hideo Kojima is like the world's smartest dumb guy or the world's dumbest smart guy. <laughs> I feel like he, and his he, stuff is he also mixed between like his, he has his just stuff better is also a, a, oh definitely his stuff is also a mix between like sometimes really fuzzly, sometimes really clearly thought out, big idea, complicated stuff. And other times it's just, I just did this because it seemed cool. It's cool. There's yeah. just a cow. Which there, has there, a charm. This, this Russian spy is a cowboy. And he does cowboy tricks with his gun. <laughs> and then here's a lecture charming. about the arms race. No, okay, no, yeah, there's is. nothing charming like that with <laughs> Zack Snyder. Like, like he doesn't he's, like. He's, he's just too. No, his Snyderisms are, I'm going to make this rape scene even more. Well, again, because I think and, it's like that—that fifteen-year-old. I don't, for lack of a better word, edginess, like well, here, limit here's pushing, another. amplifying tendency, coupled with like on some level, kind of being insecure about being a comic books and genre fiction fan, right? Yeah. Well, they're like in again, like I can. You can pinpoint like dialogue that is like that is not in the comic, like. It stands out like a sore like, thumb. It's not sta- like time. there's a uh, like during Rorschach's like flashback scenes, like when his mother hits him. She never says, uh, "Bastard, I should have had that abortion in the comic." No, she never makes any of that's that's all like the screenwriters and Zack Snyder. Like it's it's such an overly harsh and like why are you gonna fucking like bring that into this like, also it, like like the depiction of nixon is way more like cartoony like almost like richard nixon oh in that Futurama is such a bad bad nixon, nixon prosthetics too that too yeah but like nixon in the book you don't get that much of them him and kissinger and it's a lot more restrained they're isn't more that, they're okay. more of a caricature okay but isn't that isn't that funny henry kissinger is a living comic book character that's true yeah and he's still fucking alive. He is a fucking supervillain. He's man. wait, hold on. Let me let me just look up how old is Henry Kissinger. Uh oh, he's like 96 years 99. old. 99. He's Holy 99. Shit. That son of a bitch. Why uh, he is 
there is no reason he should be alive. It's like it's outrageous that he should live to um he's he the he, he outlived Betty White. How bizarre. Like that's yeah. Uh any anyways, yeah. Uh, I, I did I did have to write in my notes. Henry Kissinger is a comic book character. Um, <laughs> speaking, so. okay, speaking of, there's something I noticed. I just wanted to triple check to make sure it's not in the comic, which it definitely is. So yeah, that like Lee Iacocca meeting, not in the comic at all. Uh, yeah, but the, there is. You do Dr. get one Strange shot. War Room. You get you do get one shot of no the uh, Adrian Veidt Lee Iacocca meeting. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, that is very yeah, explicitly. Dr. Oh, they ex- oh explicitly like the production very designer said yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it's- um, which like fine, but like there you do get one shot of Vite in his office, which is a little more Art Deco in the comic, which again everything yeah. just has a little more visual personality, uh, aesthetically. But um, I-, I noticed in the comic it's not there. I noticed in those two scenes in his office, in those two shots of him in his office with the big New York skyline behind him. Of 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 Ozymandias. the twin towers are really really prominent. Oh, in the movie, y- yeah. Oh yeah, that's completely Espe- especially that's when deliberate. he's having that's that deliberate. energy conversation, and behind him, like the the twin towers are center frame, and he's like on one. Oh, side. Oh yeah, that's completely and there's deliberate. A blimp. <coughs> there's an that's- airship, a blimp heading towards the twin towers in the background. Well, he talks while while he talks about like energy independence and fossil fuels and like foreign interests. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. That's completely deliberate. Not, not like, that it's Ozymandias saying anything. Did it's just 9/11, like nine eleven. Like, like the the <laughs> no. It's still no. It's deliberate in the sense of like, hey, don't we miss these guys? Don't we miss these uh, little no? Oh, here here's little here's feller the line. buildings. Uh, where where Vite is 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 where, where Lee Iacocca fails to intimidate Adrian Vite, fossil fuels, nuclear power. None of this is in the book. Uh, fossil fuels, nuclear power, weird things lumped together are a, a drug. You gentlemen, along with foreign interests, are the pushers. And then yeah, meanwhile the the twin towers are just center frame. Like that's that's an Love interesting it. choice. That's oh, and that's it, it does it just like hey, no, it's just. <laughs> I I think it's just there to be like, hey, remember these guys? Like, well, no, no, because think about it, like nine eleven, Iraq War, oil. Yeah, Saudis. no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doubting Zack Snyder is deliberately trying to make a common, like a no, a, no, that's there, that's no. got to be intentional. There's the, the twin towers are center frame, and he, and he, and and this is all added into the movie. Uh, like yeah, but I don't. I don't think Zack Snyder understands what any of that means. I don't. Maybe not. But like, it's just, like I don't. Know, maybe he saw Fahrenheit nine uh, eleven. Yeah, no, he saw. Like, he I'm saw not, Fahrenheit. I'm not 9/11 sure what it what it is he's before. trying to say, but it's definitely like. Yeah. It's also weird because he he makes his bite really really villainous, like exp- like like. But then at the same he's time, he's like Norman Bates. He gives yeah. off like serious. Which I think but at the Matthew same time Good, has well, Matthew Good was in give Stoker this speech, too, right? Yeah, yeah, he has him give this this speech about foreign interests and fossil fuels and nuclear power, which is just e- just code for evil. But like he's, but like that's like I feel like that you're supposed to be sympathetic to him in that sympathetic to that speech. It's it's oh, it's such a weird scene. Um, 
and it's but again, it's what makes me one of the things that makes me think like he's not like a Randian libertarian, uh, but more some species of confused like liberal. Like he saw like yeah. a Michael Moore movie and was like, "Oh, the Saudis were tied up in nine eleven, and this is all about oil or something." Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I don't um, know. Um, I think this this well speaking of that, let's why don't we just talk about the the end of this movie because that's that's the big change. In like yes. the adaptation, like narrative as so it is, is like in yeah in in the because book, speaking of nine eleven because at least this is my yeah. theory why they partly changed the ending um, because the original ending is he teleports a disgusting giant squid. into new york and it like kills three million new yorkers and that's what brings about world peace is a deadly attack on new york yeah as we learned as we learned from 9-11 a deadly attack on new york city does not bring about world peace it brings about very much the opposite so that and i imagine like you know this wasn't like you know with the like the suicide squad for example like they you know, we were we're at a technological point in time where we can, you know, put a giant fucking disgusting starfish on screen and it's, you know, doesn't look like shit and it's believable. Like they couldn't I think they, they didn't think they could pull that off in two thousand nine. What I think it is is that it they thought audiences would and think also, it was too silly and out there and, and too silly too. And the book like threads it in like that, oh yeah, they like scientists and artists and even psychic mediums have been going missing is because they've all been being recruited to this like Manhattan project. And a bunch of them think it's like for a movie or something. Um, and it's to create. Yeah. So he's hired like the art, like they've, they've made the squid to be as nightmarish as possible. He's hired like the best artists and he's hired like the best writers to create like a, a, a nightmarish psychic shockwave to go along. Cause psychics exist, a psychic shockwave to go along with the squid appearing to give like the whole planet nightmares about it. Right, and emotionally manipulate them. It's just oh, okay, and and that's all kind of layered in as you go. And and these little illusions, like the guy who wrote the Black Freighter story, which is not a contemporary publication. I think it's supposed to have been like from years, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, it lays one of the guys who was like recruited to work on this island, and then the comedian finds the island, and that's what freaks him out. And and I think it's supposed to be intentionally like an absurd supervillain plan, right? Like it's supposed to be, yeah over the top in its complexity um, and and kind of silly. But also, just, I don't know, the, something doesn't quite work for me for that. I, I can see why they did it, but something doesn't quite work for me for the Dr. Manhattan. I mean, I thing. think, it, it I think it's more believable and like, because it's, it's not just New York that gets wiped out. It's, you know, multiple international cities, which, you know, that's, that's more believable and like, okay, we've all been attacked. It's not just concentrated in like the wealthiest, most populous. Uh, you know, why, why the fuck would like Uganda care? Yeah. Well, I think, well, it's supposed to be the squid is an alien invader. So it's like, we need to unit. It's like Independence Day, right? That may be, that's also maybe why they did it because that was the plot of Independence Day. I feel like the, the French would be like... Not my problem. I don't know why that sounded Russian, but uh, uh, but I I mean narratively, I feel like like it, the the change in the ending works. Like functionally, it does the same thing. Like we get the same end results. Um, 
But I, you know, as but I'm again, I'm saying this is someone who hasn't fully read the comic, um, who's really only fully watched like the movie. Um, you know, it, it it ties like it it works in that like you know framing Doctor Manhattan. It you know it it works as a plot line. Um, like it makes sense as well. It's not like a it's not like they. They did a different ending and just did a like horrible nonsense shitty ending. Like I think it, I think it works, but it's also like we don't get a big giant disgusting squid. As far as those compromises go, I, I guess like you could do a lot worse. But it's just something about Doctor Manhattan is the threat holding the world together. It's like just like the little things, like oh, there's this psychic shockwave that goes with it and everything. Like I don't. Maybe again, like they'll also yeah, that's a cool thing. That's part cool. of the point though is that it's supposed to be ambiguous as to whether it's really gonna work right like yeah like the black freighter story can be read as about rorschach chasing his own delusion and being unable to stop him. but it's also he can be read as about Vite and his anticipating this crisis but i mean he also like ex- like the like the, the only reason they get to the point of launching nukes is because dr manhattan's gone in the first place right making the russians think they've got a chance okay i don't know is that how it plays out in the comic or in the movie? That's how it plays out in the movie. Okay. Like, all tensions right. are rising. So, yeah. but America okay. has Dr. Manhattan, right? Uh, okay. I just did, I didn't realize un- the Russians had. Okay. The, oh, yeah, the they did. Field. Okay. Um, so, Vite making Dr. Manhattan disappear to execute his plan in the first place creates a self fulfilling prophecy for the crisis for him to solve. Yeah. So, it's like his own anticipation of the crisis is also potentially like causing it to ac- accelerating it in the first place. Um, yeah. Right. So, so you can read the black story, right? Like the, the movie, the, in the, when they, in their version of the black, uh, the black Friday story, I don't know if that's in the art in the book. If I looked, maybe it's there, but like the sale he concocts is looks like Rorschach's mask. Okay. Okay. Um, and like, again, like you can read, like it mirrors the story in multiple ways. So like that's there. But like it's also, and I think that again, the I think the movie does kind of understand this too. But like it's also like Vite, like the guy who did something evil because he anticipated some greater evil. The guy thinks, oh, the Black Freighter arrived. Uh, do, wait, do you know the Black Freighter story from the motion comic? Uh, no, no. So I'll it's, have it's, to look into it's just, it. It's it's sort of like a horror pirate comic. This guy is. I saw is, like a panel with a shark. Yeah, his his ship is waylaid by the Black Freighter, which is this like narrative device that presumably threads together all of these stories uh-huh. um, okay. in this anthology. Um, and he uh, is stranded on an island. He makes a raft out of all of his dead crew. And he's slowly like Jesus. going mad. Yeah. He's slowly kind of going mad because he knows this freighter's heading towards his hometown. And so he's trying to get there. And he's like, in his head, he's like, oh, the freighter's gotten there. By the time he gets there, he's like, I know the freighter's gotten here first. They've sacked the town. They've taken over. Everybody here is a pirate or a collaborator. He ends up killing a couple people, including his wife, in the grips of this Jesus. intense delusion. Oh. And then he's chased out of the town. He flees. And then he sees the black freighter waiting for him. And they welcome him aboard as one of their own. So that's the little story within a story. Damn. Okay. Okay. Um. And it, like on its own, actually, it's a good, you know, it's a good little kind of like, yeah, little, little Twilight Zone. It sounds, it's a, it sounds like something you should 
watch like as some it's it sounds like it would be a good watch something else uh movie if that was like a real real thing. Yeah, and I can um, see I can see how like releasing it standalone, which they also did, like they released the Black Freighter short as standalone to watch, which probably made more sense than cutting it into the movie where it's like pretty jarring. Yeah, yeah, um, I get the sense it would probably be like <coughs> so, yeah, that's like what is that now? The fourth time you've like sneezed on camera. It's a cough. I've had this. Okay, I've had oh. this like tingly throat comes and goes cough ever since I started the trip down here, and I don't know why. It just it's it's not it's bad. The air. It's the air. Well, it started before something I in left. the air. Um, and I don't I don't know what it is. It won't. It doesn't get worse, but it won't go away. And it's just here and there it bubbles up. Like I'll go hours without feeling it, and then suddenly I have it again. I don't know why. Um. Oh, what's your? Oh, never mind. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, since we're kind of at the end of this, uh, the one thing like I instant like I said in my intro, uh, like this is a this movie's fine. This movie's fine. Um. But like during during that climax, like when you know it shows all the explosions happening, they just they just look like Akira, like the opening of Akira. And I was Kinda, just like, yeah. I was just thinking, like, damn, I wish I was walking watching Akira right now. And that's oh, hold on a minute. I yeah, whoa, what the 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 rabbit the rabbit that was outside Sue's window has now come in. Is up? Oh. oh yeah, it's the Blu-ray. Yeah, I found that before when I was moving. Oh, good. Yeah, no, I. Which, like, I, 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 I Akira is also kind of like on the same. Like, it came out around the same time as like Watchmen did. So I feel like even though they're you know, we're made on completely different like yeah, this is sides about the same of the era. Earth. Yeah, they they feel they feel feel very like spiritually connected, and thematically like similar in what they do. Um, what if what if you which, just had a also, Watchmen OVA yeah. that was that well animated? That I was just about to say, like <laughs> Watchmen would w- work really good as an animated like feature, and like a good animated feature that with color and like actual like you know two D animation. I don't want this three D yeah yeah like fuck, hybrid. Yeah. No, fuck that. Fuck that. No, I want it. I want it to shit. look. Yeah, yeah. I and it's it's well that's the thing with so much of the superhero stuff and everything is like. It so would much all work better animated. Would work better in animation. Um, yeah. And the only reason not to do it in animation is because of some lingering, and I think deeply, uh, mi- like 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 out of step, like 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 not grounded in reality idea that like well, animations for children, and in, yeah. unless it's oh, yeah. it, you know, in adults won't come and watch a cartoon. Oh my god, are you kidding? I will. I fucking love that shit. Like the reason anime is so popular is because that's like the only shit you can get that isn't like cartoon network yeah almost there once like there's what was that show called i saw an ad for some sci-fi show that's animated that looks it looks sort of heavy metal vibes um like like four adults 2d um drawn animated what, show what, what with channel? real animation it's not like a wacky sitcom where the characters have that kind of paper doll do you know what animation. channel it is it was not that I not that I have cable. Might have been a streaming service. Okay, I'm an HBO Max or something. What was that? 
I'll have to find it, but it looked really cool. I was like, oh, oh shit. Actually, some, I think I, oh, I think I actually actual, might know what you're talking about. I saw that. I think I think that came Some actual my animation for adults that isn't a fucking cheaply made sitcom. What a treat. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's your I mean, as as I'm I'm guessing your what's your final takeaway on uh Snyder Watchmen and what do you recommend um, people should watch instead? So Snyder Watchmen, like he tried. He tried really hard. He, he tried. Doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And I would say like it doesn't there's some things I like about it, but it doesn't I don't think it makes up for its shortcomings. But that's like 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 say if you if you were if if like if you're not as much of a snob as I am and also you've never read the comic or you read it a long time ago and you don't remember it super well and you're not that into it. You'd probably think it's a perfectly fine movie. Oh yeah. Um, oh, it it read very like I I think you know I I probably enjoyed it a lot more than someone who yeah. I think it just doesn't work as a movie, and it just falls short, and and it, the changes it makes are all for the worse. And it's just there's a lot, and I mean this is true of any adaptation of a lot of adaptations, not any adaptation. It's just so much is lost in translation. Um, just. In the time it takes to watch the ultimate cut, you can read the whole thing. It it looks big, but it's a comic book. It's not like you can you can sit down and read this in two to four hours. You know, I bought this copy for uh, looks like twenty two ninety nine, ten odd years ago. Um, you can download it off of various websites very easily and just read it in a various comic reading free programs on your computer or tablet. Just read Watchmen. Like, seriously, just read yeah. Watchmen. It's great. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to, since I found out I don't actually have a copy somewhere in my apartment, so I'm going to have to, next time I see one, presumably at, like, the thrift store or whatever, I'm grabbing one for sure. Oh, yeah, like like any kind of bookstore thing, I'll have them too, yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Like, I think, I, I think the best thing, though, that Zack Snyder did for Watchmen was... Like with like, I think the first trailer for Watchmen came uh, out with The Dark Knight, and so it put Watchmen like back in like the top ten bestseller list for several months. Well, that's good then. That's which is that's a good. And um, oh, we didn't mention. Uh, yeah, Alan Moore wants nothing to do with these Hollywood adaptations. No, so no, he, that's he, why his he, name is not he gets his name taken as off the writer. Him, so he doesn't get a check. Yeah. He, he doesn't so get he, a check. Yeah, he for has these. all of those royalties go to uh, the artist. Oh, what's the artist? Yeah, what's uh, his like name? in this in this case, Dave, Dave Gibbons. Gibbons. But like, yeah. this, this is also true of From Hell and V for Vendetta and yeah. and other attempts to adapt his stuff. Um, but what what's your your watch something else suggestion? Uh you know I've said this before, but like Venture Brothers. is it Independence Day? Oh, no. I know I've said this before, but like Venture Brothers is probably as much as it's vastly different in most respects in, in in certain key ways it's probably closer in tone and theme and it's whole take it's not really a superhero show per se but it ends up having more and more superhero stuff in it as it goes on well i mean there's but a it's guy like dressed it's, as it's a closer moth, so. it's closer in like mindset i think to watchmen than the movie is i mean they, those guys i've like 110% guarantee red watchman like <laughs> for sure um uh, but yeah watch i can't really watches. like there's nothing really 
quite like it. And I mean, like so much of like, it's yeah. like, like the way Evangelion. Or even I, I always forget if it's the hard G or the soft G. It's hard G. It's hard G. Uh, always you gets. don't you don't even Evangelion sandwich. Like the way people like like overemphasize like oh it's a deconstruction of the mecha genre at the expense of like all the other things going on. Watchmen's kind of the same thing. This whole oh it's a deconstruction of superheroes is like. People lean so like, hard on yes, that. Yes, it is, but it's also like other things. A too. lot of like, there's a lot like, what else is going on with it that makes it interesting and worth reading? Um, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say watch something else. I'm going to say read Watchmen. Just yeah, read, read, Watchmen. read Watchmen. It's not it's not hard to get. Um, if you're willing to read it on a computer, you can read it for free. Uh, and if you're not willing, you're going to be getting like I don't know twenty odd bucks brand new you could probably find them at thrift stores and garage sales just oh absolutely it's like great. every it's awesome oh no you can probably go to a friend's house and they probably have a copy yeah, yeah. Like, you probably know somebody's got a copy will lend it to you yeah yeah um, did any like any apartment occupied by like more than three people in their 20s or early 30s there's there's at least one copy of, unless it's my apartment which i'm shot there was definitely a copy watchman here at some point several months ago I don't know where where it went. Um, yeah, no, I I would agree. Definitely read the comic. Um, you know, not to say like I think the movie's fine. Like it's 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 it, like like Ant Man. I think it's you know entertaining. You know, I wasn't like didn't want to kill myself like with Man of Steel. And I'm sure no, like, I mean, I'm going to feel with it's, like it's, Batman I mean, Superman. I was very tired and I watched the very long Ultimate Cut. But even then, like <laughs> it didn't. It it didn't lose me like Man of Steel did. It's not it's not like yeah, unwatchable. Yeah, it never loses. Or, it le- never it less, it, lost it, me. It moves okay enough. It's not like I've complained about the color grading, but it's not like ugly to look at or anything. Um, yeah, no. And again, it's, like uh, a lot of the cast is pretty strong, and enough of the original. Yeah, it can kind of coast on what it preserves from the original material. So, not like a terrible movie, but like it just I just can't endorse it for what it. And again, it's not pedantic, like, oh, it's not just like the comic. It's that the choices it makes where it changes or compromises are, are for the worse and often miss the point of the comic. Whereas changes yeah. that change what's literally in the comic, but are just translating the themes and ideas to a different medium would, would be fine by me. But again, that's also, you know, your mileage. I mean, this is this is probably going to be like a masterpiece, though. Well, I said Acura, but I, oh, I was yeah. just thinking like this movie is probably going to feel like a masterpiece because we we have to do Batman v Superman next. We have to do Batman v Superman I'm, next. Dawn of Justice. D- Dawn. Oh, I, I, I know in my gut. I know in my gut. Like I said, like the worst experience so far in this podcast is either has been like Man of Steel and Thor too. I feel like this is really gonna there there yeah, are gonna be things that are gonna be, going to make me really want to kill myself. This is gonna be one of two <laughs> upcoming movies we do where last time I tried to watch them I quit le- somewhere around or less than halfway through because I was so bored and frustrated. Which I never do. Damn, okay. All right. So tune in Next regular episode, uh, where me and Sue will uh, commit seppuku live on air. And uh, please, again, continue to uh, thank you again to all of our 
Patreon supporters. Uh, if you are not one, please consider signing up. Our first bonus episode is out. More episodes, commentaries, writings, other we'll things be doing will be a, uh, on the way. Yep, we'll be doing a Ezra Miller watch episode. Just an, just an episode where we're just going to talk about. Uh, give a timeline of Ezra Miller's reign who, of terror. Who watches the, past the Ezra Miller men? <laughs> who watches sorry, the, the Ezra, Ezra Miller, Miller, the Mil- Miller persons? Men. The Ezra who Miller. Watches, who thems. watches the they them? <laughs> who watches the they of them? There we go. There's our episode title. All no, right. that's gonna. No, that's the episode title for the Ezra Miller bonus. Up. Who watches the they them? Beautiful. Oh man. So yeah, All when right. I'm when I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everybody. Uh, check the links below the description. Uh, review and you know, d- d- do all of that stuff that helps us out if you're so inclined and you like the show. And uh, have a great whatever time of day or month it is for you. Yeah. Cheers. Don't. Uh, good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>